I'm Arya Schwartz, along with my co-host, Gabe Ibrahim, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. Today, we're talking WNBA overseas. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. We're talking WNBA overseas. I'm Arya Schwartz. You can check out my new uh, Twitter handle, w, w Insider Arya on Twitter. And uh, Gabe, back from his, uh, his little vacation following the celebration of the Washington Mystics Championship. Gabe, how's it going? What are your thoughts? What are you feeling? Have you uh, gotten over the championship? No, I have not gone over the championship. It was amazing. Uh, it was amazing to be there. I haven't been on the podcast since the championship uh, because of my slight vacation. Um, yeah, no, it was an amazing championship run. So glad that I got to be there to watch this team win. I thought they were the best team all year. Uh, shouts to the Sun for making an amazing series happen. And, you know, shouts to Tolliver, EDD, Cloud, Emma, the whole squad uh, for, for making that run happen. It was amazing. I mean, we, we've, we've had all our thoughts on, on the finals, but just the experience of it has kind of sunk in now, and it's still great. I have my little bag of confetti here from, from uh, the court after they won. Don't, don't ever lose that. Might be worth money. Actually, funny, speaking of selling uh, W merchandise or uh, – things for money we uh recently found out that somebody has been counterfeiting yeah our graphics and selling them at a local store in dc uh for five dollars a pop for framed i don't know if to be insulted complimented or just uh laugh about it i mean it's a compliment but also i mean do we now get free stuff from the store because they had a lot of stuff at that store they like would make your, they would fix your shoes i think it was also a dry cleaner they seem to have like random food things in the background. So now can we take, you know, we have to get, we have to profit, right? This is, this is uh, some of our work. Yeah, no, I mean, we better be getting some snacks for free, 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 ta- free tailoring from free laundry. I, that's what I'm saying. Okay. We're going to push for that. Yeah, guys, that. let, let anybody, you know, we are sellouts. We will gladly take random sponsorship <laughs> in the most unique ways. I'll put, I will put a, temporary tattoo on my forehead every episode and do a live stream if that's what they want um but Gabe let's uh let, let's talk about the main topic of this episode WNBA overseas your league is in full swing we're uh we're how many games in what like 16 or something no 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 no, no. we're I mean like 16 total games we're like four oh, yeah. so, sorry 16 and 56 total games per grouping yeah, that's yeah. what that was the number that was in my head we're, we're talking about like eight games per team um Obviously, UMMC is top notch. Uh, some f- some familiar faces on that team. Obviously, if you're a WNBA fan, shout out to Fenner, who's obviously, as always, of recent, been up there on uh, some of the top teams. Um, it's been it's been exciting. There's you know for me and 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 this is obviously something that I feel very strongly about. Uh, we made Winsider obviously always talk about this is overseas ball because for me, I believe. The overseas is where you can take middle of the pack players and really become, you know, a breakout star 
And for those who followed Yvonne Turner a few years ago, and then she had a breakout season uh, in the playoffs two two playoffs ago, like that wasn't so surprising when you know what she's done overseas. And there's some players that I really feel use this as their quote unquote training camp because the W training camp is so short and it's a total catch 22 of like, you have to do good in the W so you can get a good contract overseas. And once you play overseas, you have to play in the W again because it's a a, a format of what have you done for me lately? Um, But, but it's an exciting time. And I I implore every WNBA fan to pay attention to this league. A lot of great talent. Uh, What, what are your thoughts of kind of, you know, jumping into the overseas ball for, for probably the first time in your league or in your way. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, we, you catch it every once in a while because if you're paying attention to women's basketball, it's impossible when someone says, oh, we have some of the best players in the world playing in the EuroLeague Final Four. But following it during the regular season is really interesting because it, it is what you're saying. You're seeing people grow up. I think, you know, you can point to a bunch of different examples. Uh, Vonnie Turner being, being one of them. Emma Miesemann more recently be, being that example too. She went overseas. She worked mainly with her national team, but I do believe she played for UMCC. I mean, UMMC. It's uh-huh. kind of like a community college right there. It, it's crazy because, you know, there's just too – we have too many um, – I thought on the state side – we had too many acronyms like ACC, SEC, WNBA, yada, yada, yada. Overseas, there's just a million of them. Like I have no clue what the what the beginnings of these words mean. I just kind of know that they're related to these teams. Um, but Emma went over and she became one of the best players in the NBA, uh, WNBA and at the end of last year. So I, I think it is what you're saying that that is the most interesting part. We're seeing people who are going to get better here and come back and bring those skills. But so... If, if people are like me and haven't been, really like been paying attention to your league uh, regular season, uh, let's give them like, you know, a little refresher as to what's going on. Um, so I think where we start is how these teams get here. Uh, if you're a fan of soccer, you know, Champions League, this is the same sort of deal. You either qualify by your past success in Euro League, if you win the Euro Cup, or if you finish in the top uh, part of your domestic league, um, then those... Uh, Top 16 teams, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's 16 teams. Uh, top 16 teams go on to the regular season. There's 14 games each. Wins are worth two points. Losses are worth a point, which I don't really get that. Any explanation there, Aria? Uh, no. I okay. mean, Moving the, on. I, I guess they're, they're not all about the W. <laughs> well, losses count for nothing, EuroLeague. See, th- this losses is count for nothing in our book. Okay, so then after this regular season, so these 14 games are going to have the top four teams in each group make the playoffs. Then we go quarters, semis, the final four. Uh, Actually, semis would be the final four. And then um, from there, we have a championship uh, game. So the first round is going to be kind of, you know, soccer-y where it's one game, a home and away series, and then we're going um, to one game eliminations. I believe I'm correct here. Possibly. Yeah, it's 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 always possible that I'm correct. That's why I keep talking. <laughs> um, so just for this season to give you an idea of like where the teams are from, there are three teams from Russia. There are two teams from Italy, France and Turkey, and then Spain, Belgium, Czech Republic, Hungary and Poland all are represented by one team. There's 30 WNBA players playing in the EuroLeague and nine, nine. That's a lot. Nine all stars from last year's team are going to be playing in the EuroLeague once Nafisa Collier goes over to Fenerbahce. That's wild. I mean, you're talking about like some of the top talents 
And we talk like, and I, I think that's important because so often people forget about it. You know, everyone during the season talks about all these players going overseas and working their butt off and making it work and all that jazz. But when you put it in perspective of like the simplicity of numbers, I mean, you know, you got 12 teams You're you're talking about like UMMC, as I'm sure we'll bring up, essentially has a WNBA all-star roster. Yeah, no, they they actually do. They have a starting lineup of WNBA all stars. Well, if you if we count Emma as being an all star, then yes, they have a full starting lineup of all stars, which is absurd. And the, and obviously, and one of the confusing things, and we'll have uh, Coach Wade on later in the off season, hopefully. Again, we had him on last year, and he kind of broke down the differences. A good episode for everyone to listen to. It's on all of our platforms, uh, where he kind of breaks down the differences of like national team commitments versus Euro League versus. You know, all the, all the various different leagues that these teams play in and all the different rules that that go along with those. Like, you know, some leagues, only this many foreign players are allowed to play or there's a limit in how many minutes the foreign players can play and all that jazz. Um, but talk to me briefly just about the domination of recent from uh, UMMC of their recent time game. Ekaterinburg. That's one I've also been having trouble pronouncing. This is great also. So this, I, I am going to get into UMMC, um, their dominance. But I'm also learning a lot about like random places in Europe that I don't think I would have ever learned about. Uh, and <laughs> Katrinburg is actually a very lovely city. I was trying to figure out how to pronounce it. So I watched this whole video of, of their very lovely city. looks very modern. I'd love to visit. Um, but also the main attraction for us is their basketball team. There it is. That's what we call a transition. So uh, they have won 13 league Russian league titles since 2002. That includes 11 straight. They have won the last 11 domestic uh, leagues. Um, they've also won five Euro league titles in that same span since 2003. Uh, they've won four of the last seven and the last two straight. Uh, so it's safe to say that they are probably the most dominant basketball team on the planet. Uh, just from dominant standpoints, we could talk about talent a little later, but uh, I also think we're going to have trouble on the talent finding another team that's up there because this team is just amazing. Uh, like we said, they have a full WNBA all-star team that they could start. They have Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley. Uh, it's very cute that they, got to play in the same place overseas because I know that hasn't happened before. Um, so Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley, Emma Mieseman, Brittany Griner, and John Quell Jones is on the roster, but I do believe that she is... Uh, we haven't gotten this confirmed, but we I do believe she is not playing in EuroLeague. She's only playing in the domestic cup. Yeah, that's my understanding too. Um, and so, all right, so now those are, those are five players that all should be... We have four All-Stars in the finals MVP. Off the bench, they have Maria Vadiva and Jamira Faulkner. And like you mentioned, Coach Wade is in charge of basically like the American players there. Uh, and he is running this whole team. And there's three Chicago Sky players and four All-Stars and a Finals MVP. This team is unbelievably talented. And it's just interesting to see who has to sacrifice. Because that's what basketball is all about. Basketball is a game of you know ha- having to sacrifice from yourself for the team. And um, it's just interesting to see on the, on the game-to-game, possession-possession basis, Who's sacrificing? Who's moving? Right now, they're just doing a great job moving the ball and getting the ball all around, and everyone's kind of getting theirs. Brittany Griner's had a great uh, Euro League so far. So is Courtney Vandersloot, but she only has like she only has like five points a game because she just there's not physically that many shots available for that many good players. Uh, but she's averaging I think seven point four assists 
Um, so for for UMMC, it's it's pretty easy, honestly. It's just they have so much talent. Well, they have so much talent, but it's honestly like to the point of you're sitting there like, wow, how are they not going to continue this win? Looking at their game so far this season, uh, coming in no second place in Group A is USK Praha, and that was their closest game so far of the season, a 74-67 win on Wednesday, uh, whenever you're listening to this, on Wednesday, November 6th. It's interesting because you look at all these rosters, and honestly, it's going to be hard for any of these teams to pull off a victory against them. I mean, you've talked about it, but Alyssa Thomas, we got to give that woman credit. She has gone from... A, a, a injured player carrying a team to the WNBA finals to an injured player carrying a team in EuroLeague. Her game against uh, UMMC was ridiculous. 15 points, 17 rebounds, four steals, two blocks, and one assist. But just overall, the, w- what this team has been able to do is super impressive. And I, I hate to say this, but I think a lot of us look at these rosters and go, oh, you have this many Americans, you should kind of be seated higher than these other teams who don't have as many Americans. And let me be clear, shout out to John Cole Jones. When I say American, I actually just mean WNBA players. Like, let's be clear. I, I include Vidiva in that in that huh. ranking. Well, she actually I, wouldn't count, though, because she's she's Russian. So in this whole, and, and we don't, I mean, we haven't gone deep enough into the rules uh, yet. That's the next least, episode. That's the next episode to, to explain right. like why that why her being Russian really matters. But the point is, you can only have X amount of foreign players for this Russian team playing in Euroleague. So Vadiva is actually fine um, because she's Russian. So she counts as a domestic player. But yeah, back to Alyssa Thomas. Unbelievable. Can I just say one thing about her before? I mean, I know we're, we're trying to fit a lot into this podcast, but one, uh, one stat that is insane is that, okay, this is four games. I understand that this is four games. But she is averaging 4.8 steals a game. Every game, she has had at least three steals. She has two games where she has six steals in a game. That's absurd. Do you, Here, let's do a little trivia. Do you know who is the high, who has the highest single-season mark for steals uh, in a game in WNBA history? Uh, I want to say Elena Beard or like Maya Moore. Both good guesses. So uh, Maya Moore actually led the league in steals last year. Um, but the the answer is Teresa Willerspoon in 1998 with the Liberty. She averaged, this is the best season in WNBA history for steals, 3.3 steals a game. And, and Alyssa Thomas said 4.8. I do understand that it, it won't continue. It'd be almost physically impossible for her to get that many steals in, in, in a professional basketball game. But... On the flip side, she's Alyssa Thomas. Uh, she bends physics and time and space to her every whim, uh, and she can do anything she wants. And um, she's just going to continue doing that, I guess. I guess we're at this, at this point where she's going to do everything she wants forever. If there's ever a WNBA player made into a superhero, I want it to be Alyssa Thomas. I'm saying that now. I don't care what other greats have come before. I want it to be Alyssa Thomas. Oh, yeah. I mean, she might actually be a superhero. She that has we this, just don't know. <laughs> I know we always bring this up, but she literally has two torn labrums at the moment for the entire past two seasons. And she has just gotten so much better as a player. I really actually like um, what Alex Bazell 
who congratulations to him for for getting engaged um and and the fisa um mazel tov. Mazel. um so he came on the podcast and he was talking about how yes like you don't want two torn labrums but it really simplifies your game and it allows you to focus on the things that you want to fo- like you think you're good at and for her it's just getting to the rim and kind of um you know, being that wrecking ball that I think we've all we've talked about her on the offense end doing that. And I think what's really freeing her up in EuroLeague is that there's just not that many players who can really hold her attention one on one. So she's getting to float around. She's getting to getting in those passing lanes, causing steals. Now, that's not true when she's playing at Katzenberg, but she still had six steals in that game. But I think it is helping that she doesn't have someone that's like, all right, now I have to lock up Elena Deladon or Emma Miesemann or, you know, Chenet or. Neck or whoever, like she can kind of be more free on the defensive end. I mean, true. I mean, it's, there's definitely going to be parts where, where she has those troubles. I think as far as a Caterburn is kind of like that level that we saw the links and arguably the sparks in, in various forms during, uh, you know, different dynasties in this league. We haven't seen such dynasties since the, the links kind of started to fall off a little bit, but I mean, Euroleague is just such a different style of basketball. Talk to me quickly, um, just briefly, quickly about what you have noticed about the different style of play compared to your W. Well, I think um, I, I think there's a lot there's a lot more isolation scoring. Um, I think they're you know uh, the teams actually uh, other than the team that you would expect to have the most isolation scoring, which is Ekaterinburg, who. They really move the ball around a lot, and I'm going to give credit again to Van- to Courtney Vandersloot for that. I think there is a lot more isolation scoring. Um, if you're big and you want to get in the lane, it seems like you have a lot uh, easier task getting rebounds, getting layups. Alyssa Thomas is just, you know, and, and this isn't to, to knock on the talent in EuroLeague. It's not talent. It's just they're not as big as her. And and no one can – not. there's not many people in the WNBA who can get in front of her, and there's even less in EuroLeague. Um, so, for example, she's having – Tremendous time. Uh, Maria, Maria Vadiva, who we've talked about, she's doing great too. And that's in large part because she's able to get in the paint with no troubles. Um, so I think bigs are doing better. And there's the the outside scoring from the guards comes from more isolation plays. Um, so those are, those are the two big differences. But honestly, you know, I think the products are, are pretty similar in a, as far as being very high quality. Um, I don't think there's a huge drop off in quality from the WNBA to EuroLeague. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, I think obviously it's not on that same level as the W, but it's not a huge drop off. Um, let's talk about players that we're keeping our eyes on. Obviously, we've talked about Alyssa Thomas a lot. We've talked about Maria Vadiva, who's just I mean, she's so young. Remember, she's now entering that age that we expect typical WNBA players to be in when they come into the league. And I always stress when it comes to the W, you got to give them a minimum of three years. I like to say almost five years before you truly understand what this player is capable of. Um, obviously, someone that I'm looking at a lot is Andalusini, Cecilia, Chechi. Um, <laughs> what she's going to do, she missed out on this past season for the Lynx. She's one of those players who, similar to Vidiva, had a lot of youth hype and came into the league a little bit young, and you're standing there and you're wondering, okay, when are we going to finally see kind of the predictions t- come to fruition? That's something that I really want to see, and I'm excited, and hopefully she'll be back in the W. This coming year, obviously, we have to give a shout out to Stephanie Mavunga, who has been crushing it overseas uh, so far this season. Uh, you know, what's she dropping? Uh, 19.5 points a game right now. Oof. Oof. That's 
I mean, that, that and, crazy. and again, like, like I said in the beginning, we're talking about players who are middle of the pack players in the W who now get opportunities to really let their, let, let themselves shine bright overseas and be the star of a team. And we really get to see what these players are capable of. And she's a player that we need to give attention to Gabe. I know you got someone you want to bring a spotlight to. Well, I, yeah, I want to bring spotlight to someone who's not actually in the, uh, in the WNBA. She had a cup of coffee with the sparks last year, but Alina, I'm going to mess this up. Iagopova. That sounds right. Um, well, I'm going to learn her name. Because she's a flat-out superstar, she has been unbelievable in um, in Euroleague. She's, I believe, she is leading. She is behind. Um, she's behind Alyssa Thomas in points. Oh, uh, no, she's above barely. Okay, sorry, I was looking at their game highs, but she's been unbelievable. She's averaging twenty-one point, point. Yeah, yeah, twenty-one point five points per game, seven rebounds, five point five assists. Uh, just I'm gonna I'm gonna run down some of her numbers from her first four games. So against Dynamo Kurtz, 28 points on 10 of 13 from the field, five rebounds, eight assists, six steals uh, against Gadia. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Chris, our, our graphics guy is gonna get mad at me. 24 points, 10 <laughs> rebounds, two assists, seven of 11 from a field versus Soprom Basket. 12 points, 11 rebounds, eight assists, six uh, six of eight from the field, and against Hirona. Yet uh, was that today? Well, it's yesterday. Uh, I believe it was yesterday. 22 points, two rebounds, eight assists, 12 of 18 from the field. She's hitting 60% of her threes. And we're not talking like, uh, oh, this is like a normal three. Like that's, she does take some normal threes from like a, a normal range where humans would normally shoot from. But she also just takes some from like, hey, you are going to have to come out here range. She's like five feet behind the three-point line, just launching up shots. She has a really, really nice... Uh, Little little step back that Christy Tolliver also has. It's very quick, very deadly. Um, people don't know what to do with her, and she's really pushing this uh, Fenerbahce team much higher than I think they would otherwise be. I mean, they're not the source, they're not the super duper star studded that roster that we see on some other teams here. Um, and she's been leading them. She's been unbelievable, and she does a lot of her stuff isolation. Um, she's really deadly in the pick and roll as well. She can pull up from anywhere, or she can drop those dimes to her bigs. Um, and she's also just like, I don't know. She's just like this person that you can't take your eyes off of when they're on the court because of the attention that they bring. Don't um, forget her free throw percentage. And her free throw percentage is, I believe, at what, 97? 94.4. 94.4. 7 of 18 from the line. Yeah. I mean, we know of one, we know of at least one player who's slightly better than that. Shots that later. Um, <laughs> But so I, I just really think that she is someone who can help a team on defense. I was I was trying to figure out why she hasn't uh, she didn't stick around with the Sparks and why she didn't come to another team. Um, my my original hypothesis was that she wasn't you know that strong defensively, but she looks fine defensively. I mean, I, you know, she doesn't she's not like a lockdown person or someone you're always noticing like an Alyssa Thomas, but she gets her hands into the lane. She plays well. She shoots. So uh, quickly and deadly that I just think she can help a team. So Alina Igapova, someone needs to give her a shot. She's 27 years old. I think she still has something left in the tank to bring to the W. No, hey, I'm with it. I, I would love to see her play and love her get a chance. Honestly, I'm I'm all for W teams bringing in veterans from overseas, and I would love to have coaches on or players on or people come and tell me why I'm wrong and why it's better to go with a young college player, but. I, I'm in the camp of like, go with someone who's shown themselves like 
for me, Diamond to Shields, everyone talked about her when she was coming in the league and, and placement and all that. And and the whole time I was just thinking to myself, she played professionally overseas for a year. <laughs> that's that's like she's not a rookie anymore. She's going to be next level. And everyone kind of, you know, oh, her commitment, oh, her, her attitude, blah, blah. That was some BS because she played overseas. She played college. And then she came into the W and tore it up. Yeah, and unfortunately, actually, I was going to bring up Diamond as someone who's not who has not done that well in uh, Euroleague. But yeah, no, she's definitely she's definitely growing her game. I think she's the reason she was struggling earlier was because she's pushing her game to different places and trying to explore new things. Um, and she also just got into foul trouble and got I think I think she got like hit in the head in one of the games that had to leave a few times. She's been getting injured a little bit overseas. Yeah, she she you know she takes some bumps because of the way she plays. But like you're saying, I definitely think this is such a useful process for any player. I mean, obviously, we just want the WNBA players to stay here at, at, in the off season and build themselves in the community and build themselves a team and go through a normal training camp like every other professional athlete in this nation does. Um, on the flip side, though, this is pretty cool. That we're seeing, you know, this kind of mix up of different talents overseas and other people getting an opportunity in major professional basketball to kind of grow and explore their game and push their games to like the outer reaches of basketball. Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting. And also, like, it's the weird part and something that I definitely want to do during our offseason coverage is talk to coaches in the W who are now evaluating what's going on overseas. What do they look for? What don't they look for? What do they say, oh, yeah, that's just happening because it's not the same level of play as the W, or, oh, that crap won't work in the W, but that will. I want to know what people are looking for uh, and kind of, you know, something that I always started asking the players as the the W season winded down was, what are you looking to expand overseas? And a lot of people just said, you know, know, the most common was expand the three ball. But mostly it was, it was, you know, ball control um, and, and just fine tuning out things uh, that I've been working on during the season. But in, and, and then they obviously bring up the whole, oh, it's different. So it's hard to compare and all that jazz. But I want to hear what people are working on, what coaches look for overseas to that. What can translate and what won't translate uh, to the W? Yeah, I think the other thing I look for just as a fan, um, not just of the WNBA, but just like of basketball weirdness is like if you're going to watch these games and you can catch them all on YouTube if you go to like the FIBA the FIBA um the FIBA YouTube channel you can catch all of them on YouTube live and you can catch all of them on tape and you know you can pretty easily avoid the scores of this um the the final scores unlike American sports so you can watch on repeat just like watch and listen to the crowds it's been so much fun like I'm adopting uh, Chio as my team because I like Northern Italy. So I'm in on Chio. And their fans... You fancy. Their fans are insane. These people had, do not be quiet unless their team's on offense. They're they're yelling. There's like uh, one of those like... It's not like a police siren, but like uh, it's definitely like someone with a megaphone setting off the siren. The entire time someone's on defense, there's some Italian man yelling... Uh, I think about basketball, obviously. I'm not, I know some words in Italian. I don't know a lot. Um, so he's mainly talking about basketball. He could be talking about other things. There's like air horns. It's just such a different vibe from American uh, basketball, period. WNBA, NBA, college. Like this is not stuff you get to see. It's interesting places to kind of look at and say, oh, Riga's, Riga looks nice. What's in Riga? And you start Googling Riga because you're watching their basketball team. So that, that's what I like about this. It's kind of like also a culture cultural experience 
uh, in addition to just watching some more basketball because the basketball has been great. Yeah, also the jerseys. The jerseys are so much nicer. Yeah, the jerseys are so much nicer and cooler, and all these shops have cooler swag that you can buy. It's ridiculous. I mean, I've adopted Dynamo Curse just because, like, I've been a fan of them for a while. Fenner, I'm also a fan of, but like, I it, the jerseys, man. I'll buy any of these of these jerseys because they're just that much cooler. I mean, some of them, I will. I will say, I'll give it credit. You know, there's a couple jerseys, a couple teams that I get super pissed off about because. I see some of the jerseys they're wearing and they don't offer them for sales, but just flat out their merchandise sales are so much better than the W. Which is insane. I mean, it's, it's pathetic. I mean, there's, there's not much else to say about that. Gabe, is there anything else you want to slide in on this episode before we talk uh, next time? We're going to break down kind of rule differences, uh, you know, all uh, some more intense, detailed things about the league. This is just kind of overview. Anything else you want to touch on in your league? Um, well, I think we're going to do some more writing now. Uh, we had a couple of weeks to decompress from, uh, the WNBA season. So we'll, we'll have some people writing about, about, uh, EuroLeague. Those couple of people will include me. Um, so we'll probably, I'll probably have some coming soon. And then, yeah, we're going to also post that James Wade episode, uh, on Twitter. So you guys can listen to, um, what he had to say about, you know, the rules and all that before we get into it probably in the next couple of weeks. So just keep watching. I think this week, Chio plays Fenerbahce. So do you just pick Fenerbahce as your team. No, it is. It is my okay, team. Okay, then then this is a rivalry. Going head-to-head, REA. Go Chio. Dude, you're going down. Chio. Stripes, stripes over your, your ugly jersey. Chio. Hey, those jerseys are nice, dude. All right. That's all <laughs> Get real defensive real quick there, Gabe. They're my team. Back off. Zandalosini's about to drop 30 on you. Watch. No way. No way. No way. I got Diamond. Diamond Diamond's going to come back. Bounce back game. Bounce back. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, as we always say, we believe the players of the W and its community deserve the same in-depth analysis and respect that men's sports receive on a daily basis. With that in mind, please consider joining our Patreon community to help support us and the hard work that we do.